What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Sam, from I Just Want to Talk Sports. Hey, coming to do a little tidbit. Um, NBA is about to approach, and me personally, I do love the NBA. Um, I want to get into, uh, as the start of the season approaches and training camp approaches, the Minnesota Timberwolves. <clears throat> now, bear with me for a few, because I'm actually going to get a little in-depth about it. And some things that kind of pissed me off about the Minnesota Timberwolves and a lot of the media and they're saying that Jimmy Butler is a diva. And that, that part about it is, is startling to me because I don't understand why Jimmy Butler would be a diva. Um, I'm, I'm not understanding where the diva, you know, personality would come from. You know, guys, when he was 30th in the league, uh, he was drafted number 30. On the NBA, last pick of the first round a few years back. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, he's just turning 29. Um, he's worked his way junior college, you know, on nearly, you know, under-recruited when the junior college read. Everyone knows his story. The point of the matter is this. The guy has worked hard to get to where he is in the NBA. And ever since he's been in the NBA, he was drafted to a very good situation in Chicago where the Chicago Bulls really had no use for him at the time, but he worked his way into a starting rotation in Tom Thibodeau's system. And ever since he's been in the NBA, he's earned his minutes. And <clears throat> a lot of you guys may not know, whenever you're drafting to the NBA, especially the mid to low uh, first round draft picks and second round, you're not drafted to make immediate impacts. You know, that's unheard of. You know, you're drafted to maybe fill a roster spot, maybe to develop into an actual basketball player that can be used a year or two from now. Lottery picks are basically the picks that are, that are needed to be filled immediately to teams that need help, and typically teams that are <clears throat> worse than some. And unless you, you were blessed to have a, a lottery pick and you really didn't need one, um, and you do a trade or whatever. But other than that, the Chicago Bulls got Jimmy Butler. They already had Derrick Rose uh, that year, Joachim Noah. They had a stacked basketball team when he arrived there. And he worked his way up, and he's <clears throat> that series against uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers when they played against LeBron James. You know, he defended LeBron James pretty well, and he was playing He was, he was playing very, pretty well. So he kind of got the knock for being a defensive player, and he's worked his way up from there. Things went sour in Chicago. He, he you know, he gets traded. Um, to the uh, he gets traded to the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, and Timberwolves finally got him. Tom Thibodeau's in, in Minnesota. It's a happy haven. It's a good fit. But the Minnesota Timberwolves got some a coach in Tom Thibodeau, which is reluctant to play rookies. And it was an odd situation when Tom Thibodeau was hired to to coach the Minnesota Timberwolves job. Very odd. <clears throat> he inherited a young basketball team a basketball team that is not used to winning. They didn't win with Kevin Love, and he was considered a franchise player at the time. They couldn't win with Kevin Love. So you have Andrew Wiggins, which I'm going to get to in just a moment, Carl Anthony Towns and, and Dunn, <clears throat> and then Zach Levine was on the basketball team as well. Chris Dunn was a part of the trade that sent Jimmy Butler uh, to, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So you got rid of him, you got rid of Zach Levine to Chicago, and then you have Jimmy Butler, and immediately – he comes in and creates an impact. And the whole point about getting Jimmy Butler was from the grapevine was that he's used to playing in Tom Thibodeau's system. He understands exactly what Tom Thibodeau is wanting out of a young basketball team and wanting out of his basketball team, period. The grind, the minutes, 
the, the attention to detail, the practice, that's what you're wanting out of a veteran when you go to a younger basketball team, especially a veteran that's played under Tom Thibodeau before, one of the elder coaches. On top of that, you, you still bring in some other guys that's used to Tom Thibodeau. Um, <clears throat> eventually, he brought in Derrick Rose, and then they brought in Taj Gibson. Now, insert Jimmy Butler, insert the second or third, the third year Tom Thibodeau's been in the system. Now you have young basketball players. Immediately, you hear rumblings in the locker rooms. Well, Jimmy Butler's not happy about the guy's work ethics. Okay. Now, Andrew Wiggins, this is his third year in the NBA. This is coming up to be his fifth year in the NBA. He's already gotten out of his rookie contract, and now he's ready for an extension. Before the season starts, he gets a nice $122 million contract extension. And to me, I kind of felt like he was overpaid immensely. As a matter of fact, I don't think I would have tried to renew his contract. I would have probably waited. Now, Andrew Wiggins is the epitome of average to me. He averaged 17.7 points a game. He's been fairly healthy, hadn't had any significant injuries, but he is an average basketball player, and he's getting paid above average, an above-average salary. He didn't make – his numbers were horrendous in the playoffs. He averaged, what, 15.8 points a game in the playoffs. Jimmy Butler averaged 15.8. I think he averaged 15.7. I do apologize. Um, Jimmy Butler averaged 15.8. Andrew Wiggins averaged 15.8. I think R. Anthony Towns averaged 15.8. My point is this. <clears throat> Not only are your contract was big enough for that, but this is your first time in the playoffs. But during that time in the playoffs, I couldn't remember him making an impact on the game. Now, if you've ever played basketball, been a part of an organization, you want to leave a footprint in the game. You know, eventually someone's going to score. He scored points. It was a quiet 15 or a quiet 14. Oh, Andrew Wiggins make a buck, makes a bucket. You know, he goes to the free throw line. He does something to, you know, in the game. You know, he does something to put his name in the stat sheet. Yeah, maybe. You know, I know guys, Jalen Brown <clears throat> for the sub-Boston Celtics, he doesn't necessarily have to score 15 points a game to impact the game. He's taken charges, gotten blocked shots, gotten steals. He's assisted, you know, gotten other guys' assists. He's done several different things to impact the game scoring. Hindsight, a hockey assist. It's a setup to set somebody else up. Andrew Wiggins doesn't do that. I've watched him play. I've watched him play several times. As a matter of fact, on our podcast, me and Vince had a discussion several months ago about Andrew Wiggins. And I told him, I said, he seems like he doesn't want to play. He lacks the heart. I can tell, I can look at a kid's body language on the court. He has all the talent in the world, but he doesn't seem like he wants to play basketball. That's a problem. Jimmy Butler calls him out. Doesn't have to see it in practice. I can tell about his body language. Just something about the kid just doesn't seem he, like he has the heart. You can have, I've seen a lot of kids have a lot of, different, a lot of skill. Man, the worst thing you can ever tell a kid is that he's good. I've heard a coach tell me that. The worst thing you can ever tell a kid is that he's good at a young age. Because of that, you've already created a ceiling for the kid. Okay, well, oh, you're good. You're good enough. Eh, you don't want to tell him that early. I mean, you're, you're talented. There's always room for improvement. What can Andrew Wiggins improve on? He's already averaging 17 points a game. Yeah, but those are kind of shadowy. <clears throat> no impact. You've never been to the playoffs. You average 17, 18 points a game. Your numbers are fine. What impact did you put to, like, have you, 
when it mattered, let me see a fourth quarter where you where you led the team in in scoring, or you defended the other team's better perimeter better perimeter offensive player. Or I've never seen a highlight where Andrew Wiggins, oh Andrew Wiggins shut this guy down today. You know he didn't average. I've never seen that. I've yet to see impact from Andrew Wiggins. I see stats. He reminds me of Harrison Barnes. And lo and behold, I'm a Dallas Maverick fan. And I, I will be the first one to tell you, it wasn't the sexiest pickup for the Dallas Mavericks to pick up Harrison Barnes. But it made sense. Are you really going to play Chandler Parsons, max money, and you can pay a guy that's three years younger with both of his knees pretty good to be average? I mean, he's already averaging more than what Chandler Parsons had did in his entire career in the first two years in Dallas. But we don't need Harrison Barnes to be in a complete impact. We just want you to improve. If you average above 14 points a game for us, you've done already you've done more than what Chandler Parsons has already done. But Andrew Wiggins had to come in and be a star. He wasn't a star. He's oozing with potential and ability. That's not enough when you go to the playoffs. You need impact. You need guys that can impact the game, and that's something that he doesn't do. You can't teach that. You can't teach those intangibles. You can request a guy. Now, he's going to get paid money. And that's the thing about it. He's, getting, he's already getting paid money. But the fact that you frowned that Jimmy Butler identified a weakness that you have, you don't have the heart for it? No. You don't have the heart for it. I come here to win. Like, not only do I come here to win, but I want to get paid to do it. We haven't been to the playoffs in 13 years until I got here. Now that we got here, we snuck in by the skin of our teeth and we basically tried our best to put on a good show to beat the Houston Rockets. We stole one game, <clears throat> but eventually we lost in five. I mean, hey, we, we kind of showed up. It took it took pulling teeth because I was injured. I had to convince Carl Anthony Town to stop shooting fadeaway jump shots, and then he literally, Jimmy Butler, wasn't completely healthy throughout the season. So you can tell he didn't play. He wasn't 100%. But he almost willed that team, you know, to he willed that team to victories. And the guy's just tough as nails. But Andrew Wiggins has played with no heart. I don't get it. <clears throat> I don't understand what you want from him. I don't understand where the disconnect was. It's clearly, it was clearly a sign that it was a clear sign of, hey, you didn't like the way Jimmy Butler came in and disrupted the locker room. You wanted to just be okay with being average. And that's okay with some people. But now Minnesota as an organization has paid you above average money. $122 million to be average and no impact. You don't rebound. You don't block shots. <clears throat> now, there's a difference between can and do you. Now, you can do it, no problem. You have the athleticism to do so. But do you do that? Do you make an impact? Are you guarding the, the best perimeter offensive player on the other team? Are you, are you stopping your guy from play? You average 17, but can you prevent the guy that you're guarding against or the primary – the primary assignment, can you prevent him from scoring his average? I mean, when are you are you creating steals? Or, no. That he's it's playing by my and his agent is selling it. I get it. Agent's doing his job. He's got you $122 million to be average. And I bet, I will bet money he doesn't play out two years, two more years in Minnesota. Two, two, I give him max after this year and two more years. Either gonna, you're, you're going to hear rumblings about him being traded because he's not producing. Oh, he's averaging 20 points. Great. Now, give him, put him on a team that's already a contender. 
put him on a team maybe like I won't say contenders, but put him in Miami. It's a different it's a different breed there in Miami. Put him in Miami. Twenty points is useful there in Miami. You know, you don't have to do much in Miami. You've got some pretty set players there. Maybe even go to, to maybe even go to, to to I'm saying I'm thinking right now, maybe go to New Orleans. You got Anthony Davis is rebounding, blocking shots, and you got Drew Holiday that's playing well. Hey, we need a solid guy that just can give us 20 points a game. You don't have to do much there, just average points. When we're not on, I need you to be on. Okay, I can I can give you 18, 19 points a game, sure. I can I can be able to shoot 40% from beyond the arc, sure. I'll give you points. Maybe, maybe that's his role. But right now, his role hasn't been that. Like this team, this organization needs you to be a part of their big core, and you're not producing. You're not winning games. I haven't seen you do that. Numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the whole story, as it always been. And that's my tidbit about Andrew Wiggins. His brother, I'm not going to his brother. Everyone's seen that. That's that's just that's that's BS. You know, that's that's crazy to me. No, you're attacking, you're attacking Jimmy Butler for wanting to be better, and the organization is not standing behind that. And of course, an organizational standpoint, I've I've invested more money into him, Andrew Wiggins, than I have with the guy that I'm renting in Jimmy Butler. And, of course, that's what the organization looks at. And, unfortunately, for Jimmy Butler, I want to say it's unfortunate, he's going to get his opportunity to play elsewhere. He's a man to be traded. Why stay here where the core of your organization is content with losing? And I'm going to say that because winning takes heart. The core of your organization is content with losing, and that's a sad thing if you're a basketball coach. And then I've heard whispers Tom Thibodeau is, is to the point in time where he says, hey, you know, if this, if you guys want a, a different direction, anything else, maybe I'm not doing my job. I'll walk away. I don't want to get rid of Jimmy Butler. I know that my my ability to win basketball games hangs in the balance of his his potential to lead this basketball team. Now, if you give that up, and all the older guys that I've got on this team, we've given up a core part of this team, and, and how open the Western Conference is. The bottom half of the Western Conference is wide open. <clears throat> Phoenix is a year away from being a year away. Minnesota is right there. Denver is right there. Dallas is smaller, it's a little bit slower behind those guys. But it's not many basketball teams in the Western Conference that can say, hey, I can make the playoffs. So Minnesota is in a very good position to do so with Jimmy Butler. Now you really want to push the reset button. You got two guys, and I say two because I'm about to get in Carl Anthony Towns in just a moment. <clears throat> You got, a, you got two guys that their heart has been in question. And maybe it's because those guys are young. They, don't, they, don't, they haven't won enough bats. They haven't been in the NBA long enough. Andrew Wiggins should know better. Eventually, you should know that, hey, eventually I, I've got to start winning basketball games. He's still, what, 25 years old? He just turned 25 or 24? He's got a little bit of time in the NBA to mature. I would hope he would. But tell your brother, stay off, of, stay off of Instagram and, 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 and Twitter. That's not, that's not a good look. Now, for Carl Anthony Towns, congratulations. That's got a $100 million extension. I think it's a little too early pumping the brakes. But they've already committed over $312 million, which is reportedly the largest for any two players in the franchise history for any franchise. Mind you, this is the same franchise where Sasha Khan drafted Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn back-to-back. And why would you draft two point guards? Who knows? But Minnesota's a proud franchise. Kevin Garnett, Flip Saunders, may rest in peace. 
Um, they have a, a proud franchise. A lot of the guys who remember Terrell Brandon, the Terrell Sprewell, um, you know, Trent Richardson, uh, uh, Gary Trent, I'm sorry. Some of those guys that played in the Minnesota Timberwolves organization, a lot of teams don't remember that. And so they have a rich tradition of pretty decent basketball, especially with Kevin Gordon. He's winning MVP years and years ago in the big ticket, and he signed his large contract. So large contracts are not, <clears throat> are not you know, a distant memory of the Minnesota Timberwolves. But Carl Anthony Towns gets a $100 million, $190 million contract extension. Now, is he worth the money? I think Carl Anthony Towns' skill level is definitely worth the money. I'm still questioning his heart. Once you've made it to the, the playoffs in the NBA, you've got to start producing on a regular basis. Your expectation level has risen. What I saw from Carl Anthony Towns, he got dominated by Clint Capella. And this is a guy that almost went undrafted. And wasn't a project, was a project player. You go from a guy that was a late second round draft pick or a mid second round draft pick, I do believe, a stash and draft type guy to the number one draft pick in the NBA. And you got one guy that's hungry and another guy that's already eating pretty good. And, and to be honest with you, he was being outplayed by Clint Capella. And on top of that, an older guy, uh, Nene, was outplaying him as well. He was shooting, you know. Three-pointers, not backing anybody down, wasn't rebounding the basketball. Clearly, he didn't want to play defense. I've seen it in him, and I say this to to Carl. I say this about Carl Anthony Towns: the skill level is there. His aggression is a problem. He's not aggressive enough. I don't think he rebounds. I don't think he rebounded well enough in the playoffs. And this is just the playoffs. And I've seen him play pretty good basketball. <clears throat> And it's, it's almost as if he would benefit more from a better point guard, a setup, a guy that can set him up and play better. And a lot of that can attribute to, to Tom Thibodeau. He's been a grindhouse type of guy who doesn't – he's not very good offensively. His, his mind isn't very good offensively. So that could attribute to, to what that happened or to structure there and how they were playing in the playoffs against the Houston Rockets. But it just seemed like something was off. It was, he was out of place. He wasn't making the right plays. He wasn't dominating the paint. They don't have a traditional big there. Gordon, Gordon, Gordon Jean is, is, their, is their traditional big. He was shooting three-pointers. Taj Gibson tried his best to defend the paint, and Taj Gibson's a half-step slower than what he should be. And they're not playing any kind of defense at all. They, couldn't, they, they had no rim protection at all whatsoever against, you know, against the uh, Houston Rockets. And Houston got everything they wanted inside and out. But – Carl Anthony Towns, maybe he's not a defensive player. Maybe he's an offensive guy. It's sort of kind of an excuse, but I, I'll live with the fact because he's averaged, what, 20 points, 12 rebounds a game maybe. So Carl Anthony Towns is putting up good numbers, and the $190 million is well worth it, especially at an early age, and that's your cornerstone. But is his running mate the best mate for him? I don't know, and, and that's still the problem with that as well. That's the same that, – that would be the same issue <clears throat> that the Los Angeles Lakers is going to have – with um, with the other guy, Brandon Ingram. Um, I say this, I said it before and I said it again, he's shaping up to be a bust. And I say that because he's a high he's a high lottery draft pick and the guy came in, you know, was one to average a lot of points. Now, I'm going to say this. Some people don't believe this, but this is true. And if you look at it, it's very true. The Los Angeles Lakers could have had Paul George a long time ago and maybe could have had um, Kawhi Leonard a long time ago as well. The biggest ticket of all of this was Brandon Ingram. Teams wanted Brandon Ingram, and they could have easily given them Brandon Ingram, 
but they didn't see the side of Brandon. They didn't see the upside of what Brandon Ingram was all about. Now, clearly, Brandon Ingram was averaging 20 points a game, and he was playing 70 games a year, 20 points, five rebounds, six assists, or or five rebounds and, and two steals and, and, you know, two or three blocks or a couple of blocks here and there. If he was putting up legitimate numbers and they wanted a part, they could have got him. The fact of the matter is when Kyle Kuzma was drafted and he started outplaying Brandon Ingram, everyone sort of kind of started questioning what type of abilities did Brandon Ingram have and his value went down. Brandon Ingram's numbers weren't good enough to warrant trade value, which no one's really going to admit that. Some people won't, but I saw it because he was – if I was a GM, I would look for that, especially if you're, if you're a team like the Indiana Pacers – and you wouldn't want to let Paul George go for nothing. They literally just sent him to Oklahoma City for Victor Oladipo. And it worked out. The money-wise going to work out. But Indiana had the money to absorb the contract of that. Now, Brandon Ingram, let's just say this example. Was he a cornerstone guy? Yeah, he was a good guy to build off of. I mean, Victor Oladipo obviously was a better pickup. But that's what I'm stating. If you have a guy in his early 20s, and he's averaging 15, maybe 18, 19, maybe 20 points. I give him 20 points. He's averaging 20 points a game on a bad team. That's not a bad pickup. And you're trading him away for a guy that doesn't want to stay? Yeah, I'd make that trade today too. But he wasn't averaging those numbers. Maybe 16 points a game, maybe. But at the level of which he was drafted, those numbers aren't good. I'm going to give away a guy that's averaging nearly 25 points a game for a guy that's averaging 16 points. He's been in the league, what, two years already? I need more from that. I definitely need more. How, how could I have gotten that? And, of course, the San Antonio Spurs, on the other hand, they wanted more. They wanted a lot more. They wanted the whole house basically for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I predicted the Lakers would end up being right at 500 this past year. They were two games away from being 500. So I thought they were a playoff team. Everyone laughed at me about that. I thought the Los Angeles Lakers this past year – was a playoff team. I liked, I liked the team that they had. Um, you know, as crazy as it sounds, I, I am not a big Lonzo Ball, all-star type fan guy that way, but do I believe in Lonzo Ball? Lonzo Ball was drafted for two reasons. Number one, he was drafted this high because no one else wanted him. They didn't want to deal with his father. And you can believe whatever you want to believe or not. Magic Johnson knew and Magic Johnson's great at making money. He's an L.A. kid, keep him in L.A. And number two, why not draft the guy that's six foot six as a pass first point guard? If my job and, and my envision is to have him play around superstars in L.A., and I've done that in my past, and I'm Magic Johnson, how could I not pass up on the guy that's a pass first point guard? I'm telling you right now, they're, they go the premiums. In, a, in an NBA right now where your point guard doesn't have to be a scoring point guard, but a pass first point, this is a pass happy NBA. It's a dribble high, let it fly generation. More passes, more ball movement, more back doors, everything. This is a new NBA. Those ball dominant point guards are useful, but those teams aren't winning championships like that. And if you look at Kyrie Irving, he played alongside LeBron James, but Kyrie Irving wasn't a major ball handler. Now, just because you're the size of a point guard doesn't necessarily mean you're a point guard. Let's just get that straight. Because LeBron James is a point guard in a, in a power forward in center's body. But in today's NBA, you want a pass-first point guard. Chris Paul is a pass-first point guard, to be honest with you, but he can still score. Steph Curry, I really don't say Steph Curry is a point guard. I have a hard time saying that. 
And also, just because you bring the ball up the court don't make you a point guard either. Just letting that, just letting that out there. But those guys are at that position. So it doesn't really matter if, you know, at that position, it doesn't really matter if you do that. If that's your specialty. They drafted a guy that's a pass-first point guard. And eventually his envision was getting Paul George, LeBron James, and another big. And boom, he doesn't have to do much. He's six foot six. He can guard multiple positions. It worked out perfectly. He can average a triple-double, 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. That's perfect. Doesn't have to do much. That's perfect for him. Oh, it's crazy. He's a lot of, people going to laugh at it. It's not a lottery pick. You know, it's, he's a lottery pick or whatever, and he, he's got to average all these numbers. He doesn't have to. For that team to be efficient and that team to win basketball games, there's two things he has to improve on. I don't like California kids that much recruiting-wise because of their body language. They just, they just don't seem interested as much, except for Russell Westbrook. That's, he's, a, he's a rarity. But, I mean, his, his language is too cool. He's kind of laid back. Two things I would like for Lonzo Ball to change in his approach in his basketball game. Number one is a jump shot. Consistency. Get a consistent jump shot and, and become a deep ball threat because eventually they're going to use the, the Rajon Rondo rule and it's going to back up off you. And then you got to learn to shoot the basketball. That's number one. And number two, defense. You know, you've got to be able to defend the smaller guards that are coming in the NBA. And once those guys turn the corner, you've got to be able to defend those guys. I've seen him play better. I've seen him play better on ball defense. He's got quick hands. The Jason Kidd comparison was perfect. He's got quick hands. I've seen him do it. His core vision's outstanding. His passing ability is outstanding. His ability to, to score in the open court is very good. Um, but when, when they're in the half-court set and you're running the set and, and those, some of those guys are being double-teamed or, you know, you're running away and LeBron James has the ball and he's going to the basket, you've got to be able to make the open jump shot when you get it. And that's part of the rules of playing LeBron James. I don't want to get on that. i got to wait to basketball season. But kind of got off track. But the moral of the story is this. Minnesota made a huge mistake and is making a huge mistake by getting rid of Jimmy Butler. But the wheels are already in motion at this time. I've heard rumors about him going to Miami. Um, also, Cleveland's in the mix. I don't know exactly what Cleveland's going to give up. Maybe that maybe a draft pick or so. Maybe that's what they're thinking. But if Minnesota's interested in getting rid of Jimmy Butler for the Cleveland Cavaliers and the draft picks, they could possibly do so. Tom Thibodeau's not going to stay for that. The team would be too young for him to coach. Mark Jackson would be available to do that. Maybe Mark Jackson can turn some things around. Look what he did in Golden State. Not going to get in it either. But look what he did in Golden State to that young basketball team. Maybe he can turn that thing around for those guys. Maybe those, maybe those young guys need a mentor to come in and show them the way. But that's my opinion about that. Now, Boston Celtics could be a nice little tidbit there if you're Boston. They've got some nice pieces that they could possibly give up uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves if Minnesota was interested in doing that. Um, you know, Miami's in the mix for it. Um, there's also the Houston Rockets have kind of threw their names in the hat. The Dallas Mavericks could eventually throw their names in the hat as well. Denver Nuggets could be an interesting team. You know, Minnesota just has a lot of things that they have to do and kind of play with just a little bit. They're in the Western Conference, so obviously you don't want to trade them to a Western Conference team. So the Eastern Conference is where you want to go to. I've heard rumblings about Milwaukee having a say-so. And keep in mind, he did play at Marquette. So there's a tie there to play in, the, in Milwaukee. Got a brand-new arena, play with Giannis. Um, you know, that, that could be something to look at if Milwaukee can do so. Now, Chris Middleton's not a bad basketball player, 
but I wouldn't give up Chris Middleton for that. Um, but keep keep in mind that there could be something to do with, with Milwaukee there, and, and and I don't know exactly what they have to give up, but Jimmy Butler wants a nice $190 million contract extension. And right now, Miami looks very enticing. And he's the type of guy that, that epitomizes what the Miami Heat would like to do, especially with Pat Riley and the grind that they play. Memphis could be a very nice little spot there as well if they could pull it off and possibly get rid of um, possibly get rid of the um, uh, uh, Pau Gasol's little brother and, and trade him there. That may not be a bad pickup. You know, possibly so, but, you know, who knows. But keep an eye on the Jimmy Butler trade. It's, it's going to happen very fast. But also it's going to be interesting to see exactly who comes along and, and puts together a package because his value is right now, unfortunately, his value is at a mid-level. It's not very high. So Minnesota's going to want to get back something in return. It's a young basketball team. He's got a lot of money invested in his youth. If they're seriously thinking about making the playoffs, they need to trade for another veteran. If not, draft picks are always considerable. So keep an eye out for the Jimmy Butler deal. Keep Jimmy Butler trade. Also, guys, I just want to talk sports. If you want to listen more, tune in. We got shows coming all the time. We got contests coming up. Hey, it's your boy CM. I'm out of here.